0: Uh, This morning we're going to be uh, back in the book of Ephesians. We're going to be in chapter 6. So if you could turn there. Chapter 6, we're going to be covering verses 15 to 20. I titled this morning's message, Putting on the Whole Armor of God, and this is part 2. If you're a brand new Christian with us this morning, or you've been a Christian for a long time, many years... Uh, this topic that we're talking about, about putting on the spiritual armor of God, is a very important topic. If you sit down with a brand new Christian, they need to know this. It might be a little bit confusing to them of what we're talking about when we're talking about spiritual armor. But for those of you that have been Christians for any length of time... You've come to know the reality that we, as Christians, that we live in a world that is full of spiritual attack. In other words, this is serious business really, isn't it? For those of us that have come to know that we have a real enemy out there that maybe we can't see with our physical eyes, but he's very real. Some of you maybe came here this morning depressed. Depressed. Some of you maybe came here with fear and doubt in your heart. Maybe there's a number of different attacks that you've been experiencing this week. And here you are coming to church and you're hearing the Word of God. And we're talking about the spiritual armor of God. And it's such an important topic. It's important for us to grab hold of what it means. Three weeks ago, we started this subject on spiritual warfare, and I, I shared from verses 10 to 13, and I talked about knowing your enemy, how important it is to know our enemy, know his tactics, know how he gets to you personally. And but let me ask you, how many of you after that study? After I shared, and if you weren't here, you can get it online and listen to it. But how many of you, after hearing that study, have gotten to know your enemy this past week, or these past few weeks, in a greater way? Not that we really want to know him, but we want to know his tactics. We want to know how he gets to us, how he deceives us, how he lies to us. We want to know those things. It's a good indicator as to whether or not you're really listening. You see, when we come to open up the Word of God, and if we can leave this place, and I can't even remember even what the topic was a few weeks ago. I can't even remember anything about it. We have to ask ourselves am I really tuning in? Am I really grabbing hold? And if it's a topic as important as I believe it is, we need to grab hold of this. We need to know it. We need to recognize the battles that are out there. We need to know that it's not just in the fleshly realm. Did any of you have a spiritual battle this week? That you were talking to somebody face to face in the flesh... But in your mind, you're knowing, but I know that there's really a spiritual battle behind this. You see, that's what we need to recognize. We need to know that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but it's against principalities and powers. It's what's out there in that spiritual realm. So I'm going to ask, as I did a few weeks ago, I'm going to ask that you would all stand to your feet. Those of you that can. Stand to your feet, and I want to read what we read a few weeks ago. Starting in verse 10, uh, I believe we're going to have it on the screen. You can read in your Bible, or you could read from the screen. And I would like us all to read it out loud and to read it together. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, remain standing. I have to. Maybe I'll just have you stand the whole service. You see, there's real, that's a really important word that we're reading here about standing. We need to stand as Christians when we come up against our enemy. It's not a matter of relaxing and sitting back and being unaware. We need to stand against our foe. The following week, we looked at verse 14. The the first two pieces of armor, there's six of them that are listed here in these verses. But those first two pieces of armor... The first one is the belt of truth, that belt that you put around your waist. The second one was the breastplate of righteousness that we need to put on. In that study, I expressed to you, if you remember, that the belt of truth was that piece of armor that was essential to the rest of the armor. It's essential for us to understand what the belt of truth is when we put it on because all of the other pieces of armor, they all really kind of hinge upon this. That belt of truth. And putting on the belt of truth, I can simply say this, that it's putting on the whole council Of God's Word. It's knowing God's Word. It's taking the whole counsel from Genesis to Revelation and saying, God, would you teach me your Word? I want to take these truths to heart. I want to put them on. I want to be wrapped in them. And I want to stand in the truths and the promises that I know are in your Word. You see, that's the one area your enemy can't stand against the Word of God. The truths of God's Word. And so the more you know, the better equipped you are to go out into a world that is full of battles. I shared that the ultimate goal of the Christian, when you put on your armor, is that you would be this soldier, so to speak. A soldier of Jesus Christ that is standing in the battle. You know, when, when all that battle's done and you look out and all those bodies that are laying there dead across the, the, the terrain, and then there's just that one person standing. That's what we look for. That battle that ends and who's standing? Who has remained? The sad part is that there are a lot of Christians that get wiped out. It's not easy to stand, is it? you getting tired yet? Keep standing. Verse 11, look at your Bibles. It says that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse 13, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Verse 13 also, and having done all to stand. And then in verse 14, it it tells us, it says, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And those two pieces of armor, essential pieces, are what will allow us to stand. God's truth, God's righteousness that has been given to you that you would all be able to remain standing. Now let's read our text. Verse 14. Let's read it out loud. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the Gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may be able... open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the Gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. That's our text. Now you can be seated. Feels good, doesn't it? I might have you stand again. After the belt of truth, And the breastplate of righteousness. The third piece of armor that we're going to look at this morning is putting on the boots. Putting on, if you want to say, the sandals. That Roman soldier would put on his boots, he would put on his sandals, and he would prepare himself for battle. Verse 15 says, "...having shod your feet..." with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That third piece of the soldier's army. It's that third piece of armor that you must put on as a Christian. You see, to shod your feet, the Greek word actually just means this. It means to bind on or to bind underneath. Like when you sit down and you put on a pair of sandals and they would wrap those straps around their leg. That was a typical sandal that a Roman soldier would wear. Those soldiers' uh, sandals, they would also have, as I shared, those studs or those nails that would be embedded in the bottom of the soles of those, those sandals so that they could make their stand against their enemy. That they wouldn't slip on those slippery slopes. That they would stand there toe-to-toe with the enemy and they would not retreat. The New Living Translation reads this way, for shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. That you would be fully prepared when you put on these shoes, this Gospel of Peace. Remember that you need to prepare yourself for battle before you go to battle. You need to prepare yourself daily before you leave your house. And even before you get out of bed, you need to prepare yourself before you get into the battle. That's very important for us. It's very naive not to do that. A soldier always gets ready before he goes into battle. He doesn't run out there and leave his gun behind. He gets ready. He prepares himself. And we need to do the same. We need to be fully prepared. Remember, I titled this, putting on the whole armor of God. Not just taking one piece, two pieces. We need to put it all on. The Amplified Bible puts it this way. And having shod your feet in preparation to face the enemy with the firm-footed stability, the promptness, and the readiness produced by the good news of the Gospel of peace. Did you pick up on that word that preparedness? Being prepared. Vine's Bible Dictionary defines this word pre- preparation as readiness. Preparation. It also has the meaning of having a, a firm footing, a firm foundation. That's what those sandals picture for us as Christians. To have that firm footing, that readiness to go out into this world. The Gospel itself is the good news of Jesus Christ. And to you and I as a Christian, it's it's really our firm footing. Think about it. Think about what God has saved you from. He saved you from your sin. We sang it in the song. He saved us from death, from the grave. It's our firm footing as a believer. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15.1, he says, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the Gospel which I preached to you, which you also received, and then he says, and in which you stand. Are you standing in the good news? The Gospel of peace? The salvation that you have obtained? Are, is that bringing you peace personally? Are you standing firm in those truths of what Christ has done for you? When you think of the cross and what was accomplished there, are you standing firm in those truths? That's what will enable you when you go out into a wicked world, when you go out against an enemy that wants to come up to you and lie to you and say you're not a believer today and because you messed up here, and this and that, and deal... I'm standing in the good news of Jesus Christ, what He has done. It's not me saving myself. It's all what He has done for me. We need to stand in that. Paul wrote in Philippians 1.27, he says, only let your conduct as Christians be worthy of the Gospel of Christ. So that whether I come and see you or I am absent, I may hear of your affairs. And then Paul says this to them that you stand fast, Christians, in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, and not in any way terrified by your adversaries. You see, you don't need to be afraid of your adversary. Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. You don't need to be afraid or terrified by your adversary, which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation and that from God. Here's what putting on these boots or these sandals will do for you. This is your preparation as a Christian. And I I love these words. The gospel of peace, it brings stability to you as a Christian. So that you won't be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. There's a lot of wind of doctrine out there, isn't there? A lot of different people teaching a lot of different stuff. But the gospel of peace brings stability to you in your walk. Paul said back in chapter 4 here, he says in verse 14, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. You see, our enemy is real. He wants to bring false truth to you. He wants to bring full-on lies to you. He wants to bring things that contradict the Gospel. He wants you to think that you're saved by works. A combination of faith and works. He wants you to labor in ways for your salvation. And God says, you know what? You're missing it. You don't even have the the the, the shoes of peace on. That Gospel of peace. You're not wearing it. You need to know it. And you need to put them on. The Gospel of Peace, it also brings balance to you as a Christian. Having a good balance is important, isn't it? You see, the life of a Christian quite often as you grow, you find yourself sometimes getting out of balance. Getting off onto some doctrine in the wrong way. Getting too one-sided. You know, the challenge for a Christian is finding that balance. Staying in the balance. Staying right there in the balance of Scripture, that's what the gospel of peace will bring to you. The gospel of peace also brings protection. Uh, those obstacles, those things that are out there that want to stumble us, it brings protection to your mind. I know why I'm saved. I know what the enemy's telling me right now, but I know why I'm saved. And I, I know those obstacles out there that want to trip me up. But it brings protection to us. This Gospel of Peace also brings mobility to you. You see, mobility has to do with walking. Mobility has to do with like putting on a pair of shoes and, and making that walk and you get up every day and you get out into this world. And it makes a difference as a question when you understand the gospel of peace. When you remind yourself of the gospel of peace, what saved you? Just singing this song this morning of our great salvation and what Christ, it's a reminder to us. This gospel of peace also brings us opportunity, doesn't it? because you know the peace of God, because you have come to know God's peace through the Gospel, you are also able to take this Gospel of peace to those people in this world who know no peace. You have that ability to do that. Because God has saved you and given you that inner peace. And you can tell another person that is struggling in life, you can have the peace of God in you. As Christians, we experience this peace in two ways. We experience the peace with God the day that you gave your life to Christ. Can you remember that day? The day that you asked God to forgive you of your sin? the day that you stopped warring against God and running from God, and now all of a sudden, you have given your life to Christ. He has forgiven you of all your sin. And all of a sudden, now I have peace with God. Wow! The battle ended. I'm no longer running. But then we realize there's a new battle. There's a new battle that raged. The enemy lost that battle. And when that new... Battle begins, we realize that life is full of difficulties. Life is full of hardships, disappointments. It's full of just things that will come your way that you need peace. How many of you needed it today? How many of you need that peace of God in your life or that peace, yeah, of God? That peace of God that is just. Surrounds your heart and it surrounds your mind. It enables you to go through that difficulty of life and to be able to go through it and stand, to be victorious. It's this putting on these shoes, it's preparing yourself for the real battle that's out there. Paul wrote in Philippians 4 7, talking about this peace that we can have as Christians. He says, "In the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I want you to make note of what it's guarding. Your heart and your mind. The peace of God. It surpasses all understanding. Have you ever gone through a trial, a difficulty, a very uh, spiritual battle out there, and you've been experiencing the peace of God in the middle of it? It passes all understanding, surpasses all understanding. I, I, but you know what? I have this peace. How is it that you go through all this stuff? How are you, there's people that see you. How do you do it? I've got the peace of God. I know God's going to be faithful to me. Paul wrote in Colossians 3.15, He says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which also you were called into one body and be thankful. Let the peace of God rule.
1: Let it it
0: have a place in your heart. Let it be on the throne of your heart. Let the God of all peace sit on the throne of your heart. Remember what Jesus told His disciples that night, before he was gonna be arrested, he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. He said that to his disciples, knowing that he was gonna to go to the cross, knowing what was ahead of them just shortly. My peace. God's peace given to you in the midst of the storm, in the midst of a trial, in the midst of a battle. And if you want this kind of peace, church, if you need it this morning, if you needed it this last week, if you need it today, then you need to prepare yourself. And you need to put on your boots, so to speak. Put your boots on, Christians. That's what the commander would say to the soldier. Get your boots on, soldier. Prepare yourself. We're going to battle. Kathy, this morning in her devotion time, she quite often does this. I'm in my office studying and preparing. She came in and she says... God really ministered something to me in light of, I know what our study is, some spiritual warfare. It's, it's some verses that we've all read, most of us anyway, probably many times. But it ministered to her heart in a great way this morning. She came into my office really kind of excited to want to say this to me. And you might know where it is. Romans 8.33, you know what Scriptures I'm talking about? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Did you know that? Who is He who condemns? It is Christ who died and and furthermore is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God. Who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loves us. Isn't that incredible? You are more than a conqueror. Through Him who loves you. For I am persuaded, Paul says, that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Can you have any more than that? Is there any other Scripture that could bring you more peace than to know that your God goes before you and that there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. It's incredible. Kathy wrote, and she said to me, let God wrap you in these promises like a cozy comforter. Kind of cheesy. Cheesy but it speaks truth. Wrap yourself in these truths like a comforter around you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul tells us what the Gospel of Peace is. It's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you were to sit and meditate on those three things... And you would think how they apply to you. How you can take that on board each and every day and be reminded of that. That's preparing yourself. That's putting on the gospel of peace on your feet. In 1 Peter 3.15, Peter says, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. You see, we have the hope of the Gospel. We have it in our lives. If you know Him as Lord and Savior, then you have it. And He says, be ready always to give an answer. That hope that dwells in you. It's incredible that when you're going through trials and difficulties and battles of life, and then all of a sudden God opens up a door of opportunity for you to share your faith, all of a sudden your problems seem to dwindle a little bit. Wow, God just used me. God just gave me an opportunity. You're not even thinking about your own battles. You're just thinking about, look what God did. He used me to give the gospel of peace to somebody that had no peace. I think that the context of putting on the whole armor of God here. Uh, Yes, it is about maybe going out and, and sharing that gospel of peace with others. But I think it's more speaking about the peace that you and I need to experience. The peace that we need through the gospel to be able to take on board ourselves. We could also say that this preparation of the gospel of peace should give every child of God a firm footing. It should give you that firm footing just by the fact of God has saved you and saved you from your sin, saved you from the grave. And then you stand on that. That's your foundation. We need this peace. We need it daily. I I think that if we get up every day and we are not conscious and aware of the battle that's out there, then we'll go out into this world, we'll leave all the armor behind, and then we'll go out and we'll fight it in our own strength. And then we'll get defeated. And then we'll come running back to God. And we'll we'll realize, you know what, I, I didn't even have my armor on today. I got blindsided big time. We need to be prepared. We need to be ready. The fourth piece of our armor is the shield of faith. I like this one. The shield of faith. It's it's believing God at His Word. It's preparing ourselves once again for that, that battle that we face. Using a shield. Using... The shield of faith. Remember when I had you read through all the list of the armor pieces and I said just underline the one word in each piece of the armor. The key word in this one is the word faith. The key word in putting on your, your, your sandals is the word peace. This is the word faith. Faith is our victorious shield. It's what we will gain victory with. You know, there's types of faith spoken of through Scripture. There is a saving faith. You know that little measure of faith that God gave you just to believe the simple Gospel? That we might call a saving faith. But there's also a measure of faith that is given to every man. And even in the way of gifts and the gifts of the Spirit, God has given to everyone a measure of faith. You can read about that in 1 Corinthians 12.9. There's the gift of faith. There is also in, in Matthew 6.30, uh, Jesus talked about having little faith. you ever had that? Only just a little? It wasn't enough to carry you. It was, you came up short. He speaks about little faith. He also speaks about great faith in Matthew chapter 8, verse 8. In Hebrews 10 23, he talks about unwavering faith as a Christian. And he also talks about in James 1 5 about wavering faith, unwavering faith and wavering faith. He also talks about strong faith in Romans 4 20. In Romans chapter 14, he talks about those that are weak in faith. You see, there's different kinds of faith. We're to take up the shield of faith before us. But all of these types of faith, the one that we really need to hold on to, out of all these types of faith, is that we need to hold on to the truths of God's Word. The truths that come from the Word of God. How does your faith grow to you? How is your faith growing every single day? Or it should be. How do you experience a growing faith? I can tell you this, that it really is going to happen only one way. You need to open up the Word of God. You need to spend time in the Word of God. You need to meditate on the Word of God. And if you don't, and you take that lightly, you are not preparing yourself for battle. We need to get up every day realizing, I need to hear from God. I need to meditate. I need to look into His Word. I need Him to speak to me from His Word. That's preparing yourself. That's taking up the shield of faith. Romans 10.17 So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You want your faith to grow? Then open up the Word of God. Spend time in it. And you will grow in your faith. You will find that you are not so often with little faith, but maybe there will be those times that you say there was great faith that God did in you. You stood. You stood upon what you knew to be true that Roman soldier, there were different types of shields that they used. Sometimes you, you would, uh, they would carry a round one that would be real mobile and they could move it around. But for the, the main military guys that would go out into battle, the type of shield that they would carry was called a scutum. And it was this two and a half foot wide by 4 foot shield that they would hold. And that scutum was actually used to be able to get the whole soldier down behind it. He could actually get behind that as arrows were being shot at them. They would actually take... And this was all part of their, uh, their military, uh, strategy of how they would get out there. They would actually take those large shields and those soldiers would get together. They would interlock them. You maybe have seen it on TV. And then they would take and some of them would be holding it above their head. Some of them would be holding it in front of them. Others would have it held out to the side. Others would be holding it from behind. And they basically encased themselves with these large shields that were protecting them. Because the enemy could be shooting arrows, these fiery arrows from any direction. And they would actually then not be able to penetrate. They would take these shields that were actually constructed of two to three layers of wood. They would wrap them in this linen cloth. Then they would wrap it in leather. And then some of those would even actually have metal. Thin layer of metal that would be attached to the outside of it. And that would become these these large shields that they would use in battle. They would actually even take and mix, the, uh, uh, put them into water or put them into a solution that when the darts or those arrows would hit those shields, it would actually begin to put the fire out. Because see, they would dip those arrows in pitch. And when that pitch, when it was fired off of that bow and it would have hit the soldier, that pitch, that black tar, basically just spread over their whole body and caught them on fire. That's why we're talking about extinguishing the fiery darts of the enemy as they would hit those shields. You see, these Roman soldiers, and Paul knew this, that's why he's explaining it in God's Word this way that we could get this picture in our head of these soldiers out there with these shields up, protecting themselves from the enemy's tactics. We need to remember that as children of God, we are never fighting our enemy at a disadvantage. Did you know that? You have all of the advantage as a Christian. You're not fighting uh, from a disadvantage. In other words, like your enemy is, is going to do anything against you unless we don't put on our armor unless we don't dress ourselves and prepare ourselves, that's when we get picked off. That's when the enemy has his way. But you don't need to fight these battles at a disadvantage. We need to fight from victory. Where was the victory won? At the cross. We already have the victory in Christ. It's what I read to you out of Romans chapter 8. We can stand in those things. A promise was given to Abraham back in Genesis 15:1. It says that after these things the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, "Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward," a promise to Abraham. In Psalm 5:12, we read, "For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor you will surround Him as with a shield. Psalm 28.7 The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in Him and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices, and with my song I will praise Him. Psalm 91.4 He shall cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. Psalm verses uh, one fourteen: You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in Your Word. And then in Proverbs 30, verse 5, we read, Every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in Him. Do you see how important it is to take up the shield of faith, to prepare yourself for battle every single day? We need to spend time knowing Jesus through His Word. We need to spend time knowing Him in His Word daily. And taking it serious. Remember the scripture that I shared a few weeks back. I asked how many of you are overcomers? I asked that question to you if you were here. And I said raise your hand if you're an overcomer here today. And not everybody raised their hand. And then I... went on to share out of 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. It says, Whoever is born of God overcomes the world. Are you born again today? Are you a born again Christian that has God's Spirit dwelling in you? Then you are an overcomer from what I read here. Whoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory. We like that word, don't we? This is the victory that overcomes the world. What do you think it is? Our faith. Take up the shield of faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. Who is He that overcomes the world? But He that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. If you can say that from your heart and in your mind, then you are already an overcomer. That's incredible good news that enables you to get up and go out every single day and have a victory shout before you even get out there. Paul in Romans 8.37 says, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors. We are more than a conqueror through Him who loved us. Faith is our shield then. And we need to not only take it up, but we never should put it down. Take it up, but don't put it down. We need to have faith in God. Why? Because God's able. That's why we have faith in God. Is there anyone we could have greater faith in than God Himself, the Creator, of the heavens and the earth? All things are possible through Him. He's able. Take up that shield of faith. I have faith in God. Faith in His promises and His Word. I pick up His Word. I read those promises. God, I'm going to stand upon this. Even if I get shaky, I'm going to stand upon it. Faith in God's providence in your life. That God is actually leading you. Supernatural. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. God knows your day. He knows where you're going. He knows your end. And do you have faith in God's providence in your life? We don't have to run around fearing and all wondering what's going to, you know what I mean? Just trust God. Take up the shield of faith faith in the providence of God. He's in control of my life. God, I want to let you be in control of my life. Faith believes God at His word. God says it in His word I believe it. And that settles it. That should be our, our thought. Show me something in His word. If you can show me, then I'm ready to stand upon it, and I'll believe it, and then you've got the victory shout. The problem is we've got to by in faith, believe it. It's by faith that we run to God and we lay hold of these promises, isn't it? His promises, they promise ultimate victory. Ultimate victory is always yours. He promises that He's going to return someday. Are you convinced of that? He promises that we're going to have new bodies in heaven someday. Do you believe that? He promises us peace in the midst of a storm. Have you experienced that? And all the other promises that we can find in God's Word. And there are many. It just takes time to pick up the Word of God daily and learn and take to heart by faith the promises of God. That's taking up and preparing yourself with the shield of faith. I've done counseling through the years. Much counseling. Marriage counseling. Just one-on-one counseling with individuals they come into the office they got issues they got struggles they come defeated they come downcast they come with all sorts of different things and and they come in and they're not holding the shield of faith they walk through the door they're not holding it and quite often I'll ask in the in the dialogue I'll ask are, are you Are you reading the Word of God? Are you picking up the Word of God on any regular basis? Is it a daily thing with you? And quite often, there are those that will say, no, I don't really pick it up. I don't pick up the Word of God. I don't read my Bible very much. The problem with that is, you're not taking up the shield of faith. You're You're not preparing for battle. You see faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We must know our bibles. We must stand upon the promises of God. We must take up the shield of faith. Trust God with it. Usually the people that are struggling to that degree I find majority of them they're not reading their bibles. They don't read it very much. So let that be a warning to all of us. If you are neglecting time in God's Word, you must spend time in God's Word if you want to really take up the shield of faith. The fifth piece of armor is the helmet. There's two vital parts that the enemy would want to get to. The one is your mind. The other one is your heart. Those are the two vital areas of any soldier. You, got, you, know, you can lose an arm. You can lose a foot. And you can survive. If somebody lops your head off, it doesn't work anymore. If somebody pierces you through the heart, it's done. And those are those vital parts. And we, we, we take up that shield of faith. We put on this helmet upon our heads. It's called the helmet of salvation. It's protecting your mind. That important part. You see, what goes on in our minds on a day in and day out basis, that is the battleground. You in agreement with me? Everything that's really going on and kicking around in our head day in and day out that turn into the battles of fear and doubt and all these kinds of things that come our way, depra- it's going on up here. We need to take that helmet of salvation and we need to put it on. The key word in this one is the word salvation. The Roman soldier who would put on this bronze or iron helmet, They would be lined with felt because it was heavy, just, just to take the weight, just to be able to carry the thing around. It was thick enough so that he could be hit in the head and he might survive. But he had to put it on. It was uncomfortable to even wear. But he had to wear it And you never saw a Roman soldier going out in a battle without the helmet. He needed to protect that vital organ. His head, his mind. And the salvation is really what protects our minds. It's this great salvation. It's this saving power. It's our only defense against our enemy. This salvation that we possess as Christians. Salvation for us as Christians is really it's seen in two ways as a Christian. Salvation started the day that you gave your life to Jesus Christ. That's when salvation began. But salvation is not going to be fully realized until you're in heaven someday. When you enter into glory... However, that comes about, and you in in heaven with the Lord—that's when you're going to experience the full salvation of your soul. You see, the Bible teaches us that we have been saved (past tense). Grab hold of this, Christians: we have been saved (past tense). The day you gave your life to Christ—that's your justification. You are being saved. Present tense. Today. You are being saved. That's your sanctification. You know that sin you deal with every day? And His shed blood continues to cleanse you from all unrighteousness? You are being saved today. Present tense. But you are also going to be saved. That's your glorification, justification, sanctification, glorification. That's your salvation. Paul uses these words in First Thessalonians 5 8. Also, he says, as a helmet, he says, the hope of salvation. That helmet, the hope of our salvation. Confident expectation in what God has promised to me. You see why that's a valuable piece of armor? When the enemy wants to come and play around in your mind? Cause you to question whether or not you're even saved? Bringing condemnation into your mind? And you go, oh, you know. And we start buying into You know what we do? We pick up God's Word. We stand upon what we know. And what God has told me in His Word, that He has saved me in the past. He's saving me today. And He's going to save me in the future. And I don't need to be afraid of my enemy. I don't need to be afraid that He's going to take my salvation from me. I've got on that helmet of salvation. And I'm going to leave it on. Security. In 1 John 3.20, there's a verse that I think is a, a good verse for us to grab hold of. First John 3:20 says this: "For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things." Do you understand what that means? If your heart condemns you, God is greater than your heart, and He knows all things." Have you ever felt condemned? And then you're trusting in the fact that God knows all things. He knows my, He knows me. The enemy is condemning me. My mind is telling me. But God is greater. My heart, my, God is greater than my heart and knows all things. But it goes on to say, but if your heart condemns you not, then you have confidence towards God. Do you know how you stay in that place of confidence toward God? Walk with Him. Stay close to the Lord. Stay in fellowship with Jesus. Abide in Him. Be obedient to His Word. And you know what you'll do? You'll well up with strong confidence in your salvation. You won't be listening to the lies of the enemy as you're walking your compromised walk and you're going, I don't know if I'm saved or not. I don't know where I'd go if I died today. No. If your heart condemns you not, then you have confidence towards God. A great promise. We need to look to God's Word for our strength, for our hope, for our direction. We need to praise Him. We need to worship Him in our hearts. We need to, In our minds, we need to say it out loud. Let God do that work in our minds, in our hearts. We need to stand upon the things that are true. We're funny people because you know what? We like to, we like to work off of feelings. We like, oh, I don't feel, I don't feel this. Feelings, man, they'll rob you every time. Be careful with your feelings. It's, a, it's emotion. I'm not saying that we can't have any feelings. But there's a lot of us that get ripped off by our feelings. Don't let your feelings guide you. Let God's Word, His Holy Spirit guide you. Let faith guide you. Let your trust in God guide you. You know, keep the helmet of salvation on. Don't if you don't pick it up for a few weeks, and then you're feeling. You know, i, I just feeling bad. Right? I just, don't let your feelings rule you. The sixth and the last piece of armor. God, we're almost out of time. It's the sword. It's that, it's that piece of armor that Would hang on that belt of truth. The soldier would have that sheath and he would hang on the belt of truth and slide that sword into it. Verse 17, and the sword of the Spirit, and then he tells us what it is, which is the Word of God. Do you see everything kind of centering around the Word of God? Do you see that each piece of these armors just keep taking us back to the belt of truth? The whole counsel of God's Word? That everything attaches to the belt? The sword's hanging on the belt? And the sword is the Word of God. The sword is that piece of the soldier's armor that was the offensive weapon. It's the one, and actually that Word, it's meant and it's designed for attack. You see, God has given us His Word. We can come up against the foe with the Word of God, the truths of God. We can stand behind this. Powerful. That's what we do. God's Word. But we need to know it. We, know, we need to know when to pick it up. With what verse to pick it up. The sword that the Roman soldier carried, he carried actually two. He had a broad sword, that long one that you lot people with. And then they would have the dagger one on the side in the sheath. That's the one that is speaking of here. The, The little 12 to 18 inch long dagger. That was the one that they did actually hand to hand combat with. It's interesting that we read in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 concerning the word of God. It says, For the word of God is living and powerful, and it says, and it's sharper than any two edged sword. It's piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit and of the joints and the morrow. And it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Have you ever noticed how God's Word has the ability to get into the very nitty-gritty of who you are? The areas that you struggle with? The sins that you... Play. I mean, and His Word is actually able to get in there and dissect you. And get in there and just... Get into the nitty gritty. You're sharing the Word of God with somebody that doesn't know the Lord. And it's knocking those crutches out from underneath the veil. All the excuses that they have. And God's Word is doing what it does. That's taking the sword of the Spirit in your hand and using it in a powerful way. But we need to know it. There are two things that we must be dependent upon in our battles of life. One is the Spirit of God. And the other is the Word of God. We need to have and be dependent upon both. The Word is given to us through the Holy Spirit, isn't it? All of your understanding of the Word of God comes via the Holy Spirit. God illuminates His Word. He opens your understanding to it. We need His Spirit for the spiritual battle that's out there. And we need the Word of God also. And you can't separate the two. You can't separate the Spirit of God from the Word of God. you got to have both. You say, well, I'm, not just, I'm into the Spirit, man. I don't know the Word very well. No, you need to know your Word. And you need to trust in the Holy Spirit. You need to have both. Going to battle without the Spirit. And going to battle without the Word of God is like a soldier going to battle without a rifle. He's just going out there. Not even equipped. Not even ready. Probably not going to make it. So let me give you a caution in closing. We can know the Word of God But that doesn't always spell victory. You can know the Word of God, but that does not always spell victory. We need to depend upon the Holy Spirit for victory. We need to depend upon its power in our life, its leading in our life, to guide us into all truth. The Holy Spirit helps us in our prayers. The Holy Spirit teaches us. The Holy Spirit washes us daily. We also need to be, believe and we need to be dependent upon the Word of God. Jesus said, My Word is truth. It inspires us. It's mighty. It's gracious. It's imperishable. It's imperishable. It's spiritual. It's a divine book, isn't it? It's not just any book sitting on your bookshelf. It's a divine book. It's it's a book from God. It's God's word to you. His word enlightens us as we pick it up and read it. His word gives us that direction that we so often need in life, and we're saying, "I, I don't know which way to go. How much time have you spent in prayer? How much time have you spent looking at God's Word? And I'll guarantee you that if you wait on the Lord and you do those two things, it'll become a lot clearer to you what you should do and what you shouldn't do. His Word gives us wisdom, it gives us peace. His Word gives us faith and it increases our faith. His Word renews our minds, His Word restores and heals our souls. His Word is life giving. His word reveals his will to us. His word is our greatest weapon against our enemy. We all know and probably most of us read when Jesus was driven into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. What was he driven out there to be tempted of the devil for 40 days? And every time that the enemy came, every time the devil came to tempt Jesus, what did Jesus say? For it is written. That's coming from our Lord. For it is written. Four times. He says to the devil, when the temptation comes, what do you say when the devil comes knocking at your door? For it is written. God's Word says this. And then we read in verse 11, it says, Then the devil left him. And behold, angels came and ministered to Jesus. Jesus knew what to do. He put it on. The Holy Spirit drove him into the wilderness. He used the sword of the Spirit. And then the devil left him. Couldn't have his way. That's the way we need to be. We need to be equipped and ready. Let's finish reading just the last part, verses 18 to 20. I'm not gonna have time today to really go in depth into this, but it's important that we finish on it. Six pieces of armor. We're called to put on the whole armor of God. And I believe that it's prayer really that brings it all together. And that's what we read of in verse 18. Praying always. Look at your Bibles. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Paul says, "...and pray for me that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the Gospel." for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Paul finishes up. This is a continuation of putting on the armor of God. He finishes up talking about prayer. Praying always. And also, while you're at it, would you pray for me? That's what Paul is saying. He was dependent upon prayer. Paul understood that the spiritual battle And the value of prayer it was necessary for him. He says it's necessary for you. Pray always. And pray for me also. You see, Paul labored and he ministered in this spiritual battle in prayer every single day. He sat in prison as he was writing this letter. He was an ambassador of God in chains is the way he described it. He knew the spiritual battles and that prayer was his only way of staying in the fight. It was the only way that the Apostle knew as he was chained up in that prison to stay in the fight was to stay in prayer. It's what we need to do. As he opened his mouth to share the gospel of peace with those prison guards, he knew that there was a spiritual battle that was raging amongst those Roman guards that held him captive. As he sat there in prison, he knew that there was a spiritual battle that was going on, but he wanted to share the gospel. He says, pray for me that I might open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. That they would know this gospel of peace. Paul, he knew the spiritual battle as he waited there in prison, knowing that deliverance would only come when God allowed it. When that time came that God was going to allow him to step out of that prison, it's God's timing. You see, in that, do you think there was any spiritual battle that went on in Paul's heart and mind? Chained up in prison there? (laughs) What would you do? What kind of spiritual battle would you be involved in? If you were chained up for the sake of the Gospel. Paul was in prison. He was believing in the timing of God's deliverance. He was requesting that the saints would pray for him. That was Paul. He was in the midst and the heart of the battle. And what was he doing? Praying. Opening his mouth. Trusting in the Holy Spirit that God would give me utterance to open my mouth with a divine boldness. That these prison guards would come to know Him. That's the same Spirit of God that dwells and lives inside of you. It's the same Spirit that wants to use you as a mouthpiece for God. I could pray that prayer for you this morning that you would have boldness to open your mouth boldly and make known the truth of the gospel. And then I just trust that God is gonna give you that boldness, that divine boldness from Him. God has given us all. The spiritual weaponry that we need—it's given it to us, every bit of it. We have everything at our disposal, and the only response that we can have to what I've just read over the couple of studies there, of putting on the armor of God—the only response to God that we can have is that we need to put it on. It's not our armor. It's His armor that He gives to you. It's in the spiritual realm. Not physical armor. It's spiritual. The only response that I could have to God hearing about this spiritual armor is that I need to put on the whole armor of God. And then we need to keep it on. And then we need to trust that it's going to be sufficient for your battle. Do you trust that it is? Sufficient to take you through no matter what. Put it that way. No matter what you go through, it's sufficient. Do you believe that? Some of you do, some of you don't. Some of you will come and say, I, I, I just don't know what I'm going to do. I, I, you know, Some of you believe it and some of you don't. But if you believe it, If you stand in it, if you trust in it, then you're going to see a victory shout. I'm not saying it'll be easy. Victory doesn't mean you got a big grin on your face and you're just going through it. No, it's difficult. It's hard. Life is tough. But God will give you the victory. We hope you have enjoyed today's study. For more information on teachings, events, worship times, and location, please visit our website, ccfwinstonsalem.com. From Pastor Greg and all of us at Calvary Chapel Fellowship, thank you for listening and being part of our study through God's Word.